This is the Skyline SIV podcast. If you would like to connect with us, head on over to our website at skylinesib.com and follow us on social media at Skyline SIB on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. Thank you, thank you. Hello Skyline. Thank you so much. You guys are so kind. You make me like a like a celebrity or something like that. Anyway, thank you so much. Hey, give a big hand to our worship team, guys. Awesome. Really good. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, a big thank you to all the elders and uh, pastors, leaders. Of course, Pastor Philip and Pastor Nancy, thank you for the friendship, love. We've been, uh, you know, such a blessing. You guys have been such a blessing to us. And also, it's such a joy to have my... Uh, my ex-girlfriend uh, here with me, hallelujah. Some of you are shocked, what? She's my wife la, now, of course. <laughs> we didn't break up, so anyway, we are now married. <laughs> and my roommate, a faithful roommate for 30 years. Uh, next, uh, in two weeks' time, we celebrate our 30th anniversary. So, uh, okay, la, right. I, know, I know some of you here, you have, uh, you have gone way before. Way beyond that, all right? So, but, you know, what a joy it is uh, for God to give us this uh, privilege to be married and to be together. My son is uh, 25 years old. He's a, a pastor in the U.S. and my daughter is 22. She's just started working. So, it's joy. We are now free. Free. Freedom. <laughs> all right? We paid for all the education, so now we are rich. Hallelujah. Amen. If you know what I mean. <laughs> Praise God, praise God. So let's pray together. Let's ask God's blessing. Father, we thank you for these wonderful believers, children, people of God that are all gathered in this place. We pray that there will be a destiny carved out for everyone. There will be clarity, O oh God, of your word. Lord, a deposit that will become like a seed, Lord, that will germinate and bring forth life in Jesus' name. I pray for every place of death, sickness, disease. Lord, we declare that there will be a reversal and there will be life in the name of Jesus. Bless your people, I pray. This is your people. This is your word. Lord, only you can connect what you do well. In Jesus' name, I pray. And all God's people say, Amen, Amen. Now, some time ago, I was uh, in my office and I was, uh, you know, really... Uh, you know, suddenly had some bad stomach ache. So I just quickly rushed into the toilet in my office. I didn't see what is around, what is not around. And I just uh, sat down and did what I will do and you will do when you are overwhelmed with a terrible stomach ache. Now, after doing the business and after relieving myself, then I look for the toilet paper. Lo and behold, there was none. There was none and I was looking for a hose there was none. And of course, there was rage in my mind thinking of who to fire because they didn't do their job. But you know what? I was looking. I was desperate, man. And there was nobody in the office to call out because they were all out for lunch together. Anyway, you know, I took out my wallet hoping to find some receipts that can save me. You all keep some receipts in your wallet. Hopefully, the receipt will help you to clear you up. But you know what? Thank God some kind soul dropped a piece of, small piece of toilet paper as small as this. Right there in, on the floor. I picked it up. I was happy. Then I realized 
This is a real difficult task. How do you clean yourself with a toilet paper as small as this? Some of you have got some creative ideas. Please, I know how, how to do it, but I will not demonstrate here. Alright, now, but with this small piece, somehow I clean myself. Please don't imagine, don't imagine the cleanliness level, but I did. Then after doing that, after cleaning myself with all red steel, I turned to the back to actually flush. And lo and behold, guess what I saw? This is, this is what appeared. This is what was behind me all the while. A beautifully structured pyramid of toilet paper. All available, ready to be used. In fact, I could take a shower with this. But I was living with this. I'm not sure how many of us in this room, you have in your, to your excess, the abundance, the ability, the grace of God given to us. God wants to lavish you, bless you, but we choose to live like this. Come on, I want to tell you, God is the source of all source in your life and He wants to bless you and He wants to give you a breakthrough today. And how many of you ready? Somebody say amen. And that's the title of my message today, ladies and gentlemen. It's called The Source of All Things. It means here, there, and everywhere. One scripture that really stands out for our, our lesson together is this. From Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 3. And this is what it says. Deuteronomy 28 verse 3. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the kampung, I mean country. Now that's what it literally means. Whether you are in the city or whether you are in the country. Human mind and human logic tells us if you live in the city, you are well stocked and well supported by many good resources, right or not? Yes, it's true. We process things that way. God can bless me if I stay in a city because the resources are huge. But if I live in the country, the resources are small. The resources are small. I don't think I will make it. But God wants to give you a new paradigm today that you will understand. You are blessed in the city, sir, and you can be blessed in the country as well. Because God is not limited in a certain location. Your blessing is never tied to your location. Your blessing is tied to your position in Jesus Christ. That must be established. And Jesus don't want us to live with just the Old Testament promise or blessing that, like this word, but this promise is expanded for us to enjoy in the New Testament. When Jesus was in conversation with a Samaritan woman, when she began to converse with Jesus and she brings out this topic, like what we are talking today, la. city more blessing, village or country lesser because of the resources. And now she equates this location with God's blessing for them. Now look, verse 20 of chapter 4 of John, she says this, Our ancestors worship on this mountain. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. There you go. She now puts blessing in a certain location, not on position. Then verse 21, Jesus speaks to her. Woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming. Everybody say coming. When you will worship the Father, now Jesus is giving a new paradigm and expanding the mind of this woman to believe 
that the blessing of God cannot be tied to one location by saying, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, yet a time is coming and has now come. Hallelujah. It is not something that will come, but has now come. You, sir, are the recipient of that one. You are the recipient of that blessing. Has now come. And how, what does it do to you? When the true worshippers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. That means with all your heart, mind, soul, you are able to connect. Well, like what Jesus said, these people come to me with their lips, but not their heart. But with Spirit and in truth, pointing us to Him. Because the Bible tells us in the Gospel of John, Jesus expounds to us that the Spirit's job, the work of the Spirit is to magnify Christ more. And who is the truth? I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So now Jesus removes a location and pins the blessing on Him. So if it, the blessing is on Him and through Him, so you are also blessed because Christ in you is the hope of glory. Come on. So now, this blessing in Deuteronomy 28 is expanded beyond just what you can actually imagine. Not just one location, but in your position as a child of God. Because you know what? We like to think like this. Oh, you know what? Uh, if, I, if I live in Canada, maybe I, I'll be blessed more. Because Canada, ma, because it's, if I live in US, 4.6, you know, now. Who oh, you? Blessing is greater. I mean, naturally, of course. You talk about monetary wise, of course. I mean, you cannot deny love. Ringgit and, 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 and US dollar, of course, it's definitely. But God say that you are blessed in the city, you're blessed in the country. You can be blessed in US, you can be blessed in Malaysia. How you ask me, I don't know, Le. How you ask me, how, Pastor? Uh, can God defy the, the currency values and still bless me? Of course He can. Of course He can. He can bless you. Or, or we say, oh, if I get treated in a, in a government hospital, uh, the chances of, uh, of healing is much slower, lesser, compared to if I go to a private hospital. No offence to anybody who's working in a government hospital. And, and you know, let me tell you what, because our mind sometimes works that way. Because there are better doctors, better medicine. But what if you cannot afford? Oh, if I go to an Ivy League university, of course. Probably people will knock at your door to hire you, to give you a job if you're from an Ivy League uni. But what if you cannot afford? And that's all you can be. A university that is ranked 500 in the world. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, oh my company, my company. As I walk to my company, my office, next door, got this... Uh, Salted fish company, you know. Every day I walk past, I smell salted fish. Uh. You know, this company, no hope. Like. You know, it's a dingy place, you know. Let me tell you, you can be blessed in the salted fish region. And you can be blessed in Petronas Twin Tower. Come on, people. Because God say, you can be blessed in the city and in the country. Jesus said, it's not a location, but it's in me. And if you are in me, you can be blessed wherever you are. Come on, somebody. Amen. You can be blessed. So, if you're, if you're thinking, 
you know, if you work in a different place, if you live in a different country, maybe if I migrate to, uh, to Australia, praise God, if God calls you to Australia, sir, please go. Please go, don't listen to this guy. But please go. But please don't go because you are scared. Malaysia got no hope. Come on, people. You can be blessed in the city. You can be blessed in the country. But it's about how much you believe that the blessing is not in a certain location. Jesus debunk the mentality of this woman by saying, it's not in this mountain, it's not that mountain, but it's in me. The pin is on me. I make the difference. So maybe some of you are thinking in that manner, like this man who's a marketplace leader and he made a terrible mistake. As a marketplace leader, you cannot make this mistake because it will cause a huge loss for his Life and job, it will cause the loss of not just money, property, dignity, but even life. Like this marketplace leader, he's the official of the king of Aram, or the Syrian, Syrian general. And they were, they just lost a battle with Israel. And his conclusion was this. They are gods. The God of Israel is the God of the hills. Only they, only they are God. That is why they were too strong for us. Ah, I got a strategy. But if we fight them on the plains, on the valley, we should beat them. We should beat them because we will be stronger than who they really are. Do you realize how he boxed God? Can you box God? Yes, you can. You walk into a church, maybe you're attending a church, it's so much smaller than skyline. Wow, you walk in skyline. Wow. Man, look at all this. Ah, look at the smoke. I mean, there was no smoke right just now. Because <laughs> you don't believe in smoke. Huh? Sometimes you come to my church, I'm like, hello, can you like stop this smoke? I can't see the people. <laughs> because I feel like I'm suddenly, I'm in heaven or what? It's like, it's like smoke everywhere. Smoke and light and the band and wow. And you say, my church is so small, eh? You know, in fact, we don't, don't even have light. In fact, we have two people holding torchlight. And just, uh, that's all the lights we have. Let me tell you, my friend. Maybe you, you come from a small church, but you are blessed in the city, you are blessed in the country. You are blessed in the church because it's not your church, it's not your pastor, it's not the size of the church, but you are blessed because if Jesus is there, then you are blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. Like, like one of my church members, like one of my church members came to me, you know when church members say they want to leave, it really breaks the heart of the pastor. Even one, really you ask a pastor, really breaks their heart. And he told me, Pastor, I'm leaving. I said, oh, you really a wife? He was so honest with me. You know what he said? Pastor, I cannot find a wife in this church. <laughs> because we have six different language congregations. So he was from one of the congregations, which is, uh, doesn't have a lot of young people, lah. okay, let's put it that way. So a lot of aunties and uncles, you know what I mean? And so he said, Pastor cannot find. So I was like a bit reluctant to pray and bless him, let him go. How can? So easy, I won't let him go so easy. So he looked at me, he was a bit like not convinced that I'm convinced. So he gave me an illustration. He said, Pastor, you know how or not? It's like a small pond uh, with just a few fishes swimming, uh, but too many people fishing, uh, Pastor. <laughs> wow, what a power pack illustration, man. He was really schooling the pastor, uh. He was telling me, Pastor, this church is a small pond, not many fish, and too many guys going after the small fish, running, swimming around. 
Uh, and then he told me about another church. I know there's a lot of working adults there. Ayah, you just throw one stone. Sure, you hit one young adult. Lah. Sure, you hit one young adult. You know, of course. Human mind tells me, I definitely can find a wife in that church. You know what I mean? Some of you maybe are thinking that way. Hallelujah. Some of you are in a cell group. Uh. You go into the cell group, you see all the auntie, uncle, all in the cell group. Uh. And then you say, oh God, why am I in this cell group? It looks like I can never find a, a wife here. I have come all the way from Penang to let you know, young man, young lady, you are blessed in the cell group. I want you to know. Oh, you are blessed in the cell group with all the working adults all single and available, eligible young people, or you are in the cell group with all the auntie and uncle only. Hallelujah. To tell you, I want to report to you, that person, I gave him this verse. I said, you read Deuteronomy 28.3 or not? Or he looked at me one kind, I said, go back and meditate. Deuteronomy 28.3. You are blessed in the city. You are blessed in the country. Hallelujah. And I tell you today, he found a wife in that very church. He has got two children from that marriage and he's one of my leaders today. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Come on. You know, stop comparing. Stop thinking that, you know what? You know, if it is big, if it is glorious, if it is all the happening places, surely I can find a wife there. Surely I can find a husband there. Surely that church is better. No, you are blessed. You are blessed in Christ. You are blessed. Like some people who may think because of their surrounding that they are, they are you know, they, they experience setbacks. For example, when you think of an insignificant situation like this, Jesus' birthplace was a place called Bethlehem of Ephrata. But you, O Bethlehem, even the prophets say, Micah chapter 5 too, you, O Bethlehem, Ephrata, are only, everybody say, a small village. Small village. Hey, what can happen? What can, what can happen in a small village? The Bible tells us in a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf, referring to Jesus. You know, Jesus was born in a small village. Small. Small. You know, some of the towns are so small, you just drive up, you miss, you blink, you pass the town already. Have you been that way? Yes, even in Smananjung, there are towns like that. Don't think, you know, you just drive past, you blink, it's gone already. Where? There, over there. <laughs> but today... There are over 2 billion believers in this planet Earth who have pledged their allegiance to this man who was born in this small village and he is making an impact. Business world, the political world, the entertainment world, the education world, you know, the medical world, every part of the world, you know, sphere of life is being impacted by this man who was born in a small village. You are blessed in the city. You are blessed in the country. Come on, then maybe you may be thinking, it's a limitation because of, you know, the place that you come from, like Elijah. Elijah was sent by God to a place called Cherith Brooks. You know, Cherith Brook, God told him, get away from here, turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith. Cherith 
means in Hebrew, cut off. Cut off. That means the supply no more, no longer flowing anymore. Maybe the supply is no longer flowing because, you know, the joy is no longer flowing because you just lost a relationship. You lost a loved one. Maybe you lost a, you lost a, a boyfriend, you lost a girlfriend. Maybe you lost a job. And you're sitting down and all the supply have been cut off. You, can you think or not? Can you be blessed there or not? That river, God asked him to sit by a river. Cherit is a small brook. And Bible tells us the brook stopped flowing. Why did the brook stop flowing? Because Elijah prayed. La. His own prayer made the brook stop. You know why he prayed? Oh, as long as for my word he's been declared, he said to the king Ahab. There will be no rain or dew for three and a half years. You know why some of you are sitting in a cut-off place? Because you prayed, lah. Why are you so surprised? You say, God, why I'm suffering? God, why all these challenges? You prayed, ma. God just responded to your prayer. And He sent a raven to come. You know, raven is like the crow, you know. The same family. I mean, like, one day I was sitting down, and then suddenly something fell from the tree. And I saw it's a chicken head. And there was a crow above there. And the fellow was bringing the chicken head, you know, to whack. But maybe he ah, fell off. <laughs> I wonder what Elijah ate. Huh? I wonder what he ate. But it was there. The greatest prophet who represent the, the, the prophet. Moses represented the law. Elijah was the representation of the prophets. It was these two persons who stood before Jesus at the time when they were in Mount Transfiguration. This great prophet started his ministry in a place called Cut-Off because he knows I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in a place called even Cut-Off. I do not know how many of you sitting here, you're thinking I'm in a Cut-Off place. My finances are cut off. My relationships are cut off. You know, my, my hope is cut off. It looks like it's impossible. But you are blessed, sir. Wherever you are, you are blessed. Come on, people. You are blessed. Look at this man called Joseph who found favor in an Egyptian prison. You know, you, how do you prosper in a prison? What do you get in a prison? Right? What do you get in a prison? I am prosperous. Where are you? I'm in a prison. Whoa. Anybody got story to tell? But Joseph got story to tell. He was actually well liked by his boss called Potiphar. But his wife, Potiphar's wife, really, she was really after him. She every day called him to sleep with him. In fact, uh, the ancient writing tells that Joseph had a look of, a, of an angel. And apparently, Potiphar's wife would like to invite the women in Egypt. And this is from the ancient writing. Uh, for some gathering at home. Maybe in modern terms, Tupperware party lah. So all the ladies come to, to actually look for the Tupperware party. But actually, it's not like they were looking for Joseph. Maybe, uh, he, maybe, you know, a slave, not properly dressed. Maybe they can see his muscles, bicep, tricep, six-pack, all. You know, you know, really. Then they were like, oh, look at that. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh. It's not Tupperware party, please. It was some other party going on, people. But Joseph was accused because he refused to sleep with this woman. And he was cast into the prison. The Bible says, but the Lord was with Joseph. Where? 
in the prison. Who said you can be blessed in a prison? Because the word of the Lord said, you can be in the worst place. God can bless you. Come on. You may be thinking, oh, my boss is against me. My, 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 my company directors are against me. The people are against me. I tell you, they can be against you. But God can be with you in that prison. You need to believe what the Word of God says and not listen to what the naysayers say around you. And showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Can you imagine? No? One day he became the prime minister, you know. He became the prime minister. But he learned to prosper in his prison. Hallelujah. Sounds very familiar, huh? Sounds very familiar. Like, like our prime minister, right? Like, hey. Sounds very familiar. Hallelujah. You know, Joseph, uh, probably he didn't wear much, you know. Maybe, you know, some, some, some clothes, lah. maybe some G-string or what, and then, then serving. You know, you see, lah, really, it looks like it. If I were to write a book one day, I would write from G-string to Putrajaya. Hallelujah. <laughs> Whew. I tell you, just because of the title, people will buy the book, lah, I tell you. <laughs> but Joseph was successful. In the most unexpected place. Why do we think that our job have to change for God to bless you? Why do we have to think that my cell group have to change, the hospital have to change, my college have to change, everything have to change for God to bless me? Because we put God in a box and tell God to behave the way we want Him to behave. Because you are blessed, sir. You are blessed in your prison, you are blessed in your cut-off, you are blessed in your chariot brooks. You are blessed. You're blessed. Look, I like this verse that says in Acts chapter 12, verse 10, it says this, they passed the first and second guard. A background story. Peter was in a prison. He was about to be executed. His brother was, was executed, James, the day before. And now, just before the Passover, Herod wants to execute Peter also. But then he was put in a prison. Sixteen guards were guarding him with two chains. Impossible escape. Impossible. But the Bible tells us the angel suddenly showed up. Angel showed up, woke him up, make him wear all the clothes and told him, let's go. And the Bible tells us they passed the first, the door opened. They passed the second guard, came to the iron gate, it opened, leading to the city. Wow. Hey, led to the city. Hallelujah. First door opened, second door opened, third door Iron gate, you know. Iron gate opened by itself. And he stepped his foot into the city. Yay, freedom. Thank you, Jesus. Angel, give me a high five. God bless you. See you again next time when I'm in trouble. Do you know the angel didn't leave him? If you read the passage, it says, when they walk, hey, he's already in the city. Lah. Come on, what for? He's already in the city. But listen, he walked with him the length of one street. How long is the street? I don't know. can be the longest street that you have in KK. Some streets runs very long, you know. The angel walked the length of the one street. Why is God showing this to us? Because you and I, we major in power. We want God to show up with power. But God majors in His presence. So when everything like, boom, boom, you know, the pomp, the glory, the grandeur of the power of God, everybody wants to buy into that. 
What about the time that God doesn't make any sense? And He's so quiet. And there's nothing seen about who God really is that can be visible. Yet, I want you to know that He's still walking with you, my friend. He's still walking with you. That means, you know what or not? That means God can bless you when there is that power and God can bless you when there's no power. Hallelujah. Amen? God can bless you when there's power. God can bless you when there's no power. Sometimes I go to some church, they ask me, Pastor, today you got no PowerPoint. I say, I got no PowerPoint. But I'll point you to the power. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. And today, with PowerPoint, I'm pointing you even more to the power. You better get it, huh? You better get it. Don't go out from here and say, Pastor, I don't understand. What do you mean? I'll lay hands on you later. Anyway, never mind. In Bahasa, we say, tumpang tangan, tumpang kaki pun. <laughs> now, this is the beauty of God. He wants you to know when everything is quiet, why, why does the angel walk? When you read your Bible, you must ask questions. Then you get God's revelation. Why must the angel walk? He wants you to see beyond just the escape plan. God is not just interested in escape plan. He's interested in showing you He's functional even when it doesn't look like any escaping is needed. That He is great even when everything is still silent and quiet. Like for example, how many of you know the song As the Deer Panted for the Water? You know the song, right? You know who wrote the song? Not me, not me, not me. But it was written by a songwriter who came from the same Bible school that I went to in Dallas, Texas. My wife and I met Martin Nystrom Many years later, after he graduated in KL, and this is Martin Nystrom's story. He and his fiance supposed to go to the same school, but the fiance went in first. Six months later, Martin came and joined the school because of work and some other commitment. But when he came to the school, oh, his heart was so broken because his fiance fell in love with another guy. Sampai hati, you know, really fell with another guy. Fell in love with another, another, another guy. And Martin was so angry. He was upset with God. He's coming to Bible school now. How can God do such a thing? How can I stay in this Bible school? Because every time I will see her, oh, my heart broken. Then every time I see her with him, not only my heart broken, my heart is so angry. Cannot, cannot, cannot stand. I cannot heal in the Bible school. Cannot. Like some of us think, if you break up with your boyfriend, no, you cannot stay in this church. You must move another church. Because you know why not? God's hand is very weak in this church. Because God cannot heal me in this church. Yeah, ma, I keep on looking at him, ma. Never mind, I go to another church. You go to another church, you're not happy. Because this is your church. Because this is where you grew. This is where life. This is where you enjoyed God so much. But because of the hurt, I cannot heal here. Who said you cannot heal here? Because you don't believe you are blessed in the city, you are blessed in the country. God can bless you in your, in your prison, sir. God can bless you. Martin Nystrom decided before, one last time, before he leave, he decided to fast and pray for 14, 21 days. On one of the days as he was fasting, the Bible was open, he was playing his piano in a, in a music room, a small room, just a small room with a piano, just nice to fit in a piano. He was playing and he played. Suddenly his eyes fell into that verse, Psalms 42. And then from there, the song and the melody, he put a melody to that verse. As the deer panteth for 
The water so my soul longs after you. Wow. And you know what? He wrote all the score, kept the song in the file, kept it for one year, didn't do anything with it, but he decided through the fasting and through the time as God ministered, he will never leave the Bible school. One year later, he gave the, file, the song to the worship director of the school who put it in our recording, in the album, and we do the recording every year. And from there, the song went out. Today, it is in Mandarin, if it is in Bahasa, Indonesia, it is in, in Tamil, it is in African, if it is in... Oh, let me tell you, there's so many languages and people are singing because one guy believed I can still be healed in the place where I'm so broken. I can still be healed in the place where the hurt is greatest because it is not about the place. It is about the God who's in that place. Even when everything is silent, when God don't seem to be working, but God is still walking. Even though it is not working, it looks like He's not work working, but God was still walking with them. And I want to tell you, He's walking with you, people. He's walking with you. You know what, Skyline, huh? you guys built the church, bought a building during pandemic. Outside people would say, you are crazy. Because everybody said, no need building. All can do online only. Building, you build building, then buildings will become obsolete. Do you know that people were talking, there are seminars, there are conferences that were propagating no need building anymore? Because... You don't need building. But that was the time Pastor Philip announced the purchase of your new building. Huh, I thought to myself, may the Lord be with you, Pastor. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, uh, when, we bought, uh, when, we, when we bought our building, uh, it was the right time. Our previous Prime Minister, uh, we got so many Prime Ministers, and I said previous. So we must go four Prime Ministers before, man. Three years ago, three Prime Ministers, you know, wow. You know, and then there was Najib's time, he introduced GST. Anything you buy, well, got GST. Thank God, no more GST when you buy this building. Hallelujah. When we bought, we got GST. I want to tell you, GST, COVID, pandemic, lockdown, no lockdown. I tell you, if God can bless you, He can bless you. Hallelujah. Nothing can stop you. Amen. He can bless you. Listen. When the Bible tells us in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, we, have, we all like to love to quote this verse. Uh. You remember, we like to say, I have a plan for you. Oh, plan to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. Please, God, give me quickly. Hey, but you read 29, 11, but you never read 29, 7. How can you read? You must read 29, 7 first before you understand 29, 11. Why? 7, 11, ma. 7-Eleven. Seven, you know what 7 say or not? He said, pray for the city where I have brought you into exile. Huh? Babylon. You want me to pray for Babylon? You want me to pray for my CEO? You want me to pray for my company? I'm waiting for the company to be destroyed. So the, uh. Pray for the pit city where I have I've brought you into exile. You know what God said? Because if the city prosper, you will prosper. If that company prosper, you will prosper. Pray for your dingy company. <laughs> pray for the uh, ikan masin, you know, the, the salted fish smell company. Pray, pray. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Suddenly, next morning, you go like Jojo Armani smell like no more. Let me tell you, God can bless you, my friend. Because it's not, it's not the location. It's your position in Jesus Christ that makes the difference. Amen. Let me tell you, when, Pastor, when you guys bought the, ch- the building, I went to see. I look at the building. I say, wow, nice. But yesterday, Pastor Philip took me again. This time, uh, whew, I was drooling everywhere. I was drooling. I said, God, actually, I was repenting because I was coveting so many things in the building. Oh, I said, oh, Skyliners, you are so blessed. Even through the pandemic, you broke through. You broke through. And in a couple of months' time, maybe a few more months later than that, you're going to step into a new auditorium and that will be a testimony that you are blessed in the city, you are blessed in the country. COVID cannot stop you. Pandemic cannot stop you. GST cannot stop you. Because God is bigger than your pandemic. Come on. Oh, Pastor, pandemic I cannot stop. God is bigger than the pandemic. He's greater than the pandemic, people. Come on. That's the God that we love. That's why uh, when we say the earth is the Lord's, hallelujah. And everything, everybody say everything. Everything. Hello. The smallest, the medium size, the XL size, everything belongs to God. Amen. So don't fix your eyes on the XL only. Don't fix your eyes on a church that's big. If, I mean, if you're visiting, if you're visiting, and say, oh, I wish I can be in this church. So big, nice, you know. Oh, so nice, everything's so good. But my church is so small. No, no, no. No, no, no. Everything in it, the world and all its people belong to Him. You know, we operate how, you know? We operate 24-7, 24-7 because our earth revolves in such a way that one full circle is 24 hours. Betul Right. One full 24. So your, your life, your your thought processes, your decision-making ability, all is within, wrapped up in that 24. But if you live in Jupiter, one full circle is only 10 hours, you know. Please don't be a student in Jupiter, you know why not? Your prof tell you, when your assignment ready tomorrow, oh, 10 hours only, because next day is 10 hours. Oh! But you should be a student in Venus, huh? because one circle is 5,382 hours. And your prof say tomorrow, say, thank you, Jesus. But uh, if you want to think of getting married, uh, don't live in Venus. Because when you ask your boyfriend, darling, when we are getting married, he say, next year, God bless you. <laughs> May you survive the waiting process. Mm. Really? Because we, because we put God in a box because we think that's how God works 24 hours. No, He owns the universe. He owns all the planet. He controls everything. That's why you can be blessed regardless of your position, regardless of your company, regardless of your school situation. Sir, come on. God is bigger. He's much bigger, greater than what you can imagine. That's why I want you to know this. Jesus was in the fire. Remember the three guys, uh, you know, uh, the Jewish boys, who were uh, associates of Daniel. Daniel wasn't inside the fire, but the three of them were inside the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they say, all the way we go. Hallelujah. They were thrown in the fire because they refused to comply to the demands of the king. And you know how Christians pray? Christians pray like this, God, take me out of the fire. Because we think only outside the fire, there's deliverance. Oh, yes, of course, of course. We think only outside the fire there's deliverance, right? Now what? Common sense, what? But God don't think like you, don't think like me. No, He doesn't. If God doesn't take you out of the fire, and you're right now in a fire, 
And the fire can be a finance, a fire can be a health, a fire can be your relationship, a fire can be your business, your fire can be your ministry. I don't know what fire you are in, sir. Sometimes it doesn't take you out of the fire. But when he doesn't take you out of the fire, he joins you inside the fire. Because you know why? You are blessed in the fire, you're blessed outside the fire. Oh, come on! Come on, people! It's Jesus that your eyes should be in. The author and the finisher of your faith. Because if you fix your faith that life is only outside the fire, then you and I, we are doomed because we put God in a box and we tell God, God, you're not behaving the way I want. But when you let God behave the way He wants, you will see that God will be glorified even in the fire. I tell you why He's glorified even in the, inside the fire. Because the pagan king, Nebuchadnezzar, never listened to them when they were outside the fire trying to tell him who's their real God, right or not? But you know when he believed? Do you know when he believed who's the real God? When they were inside the fire. So I tell you, God is more glorified inside the fire than when he's outside the fire. Oh, come on, God is more glorified when you're inside the fire than when you're outside the fire. So if today you're inside the fire, I've got good news for you because the fire shouldn't consume you. Right? You go through the fire, you go through the river, none will consume you because God is not bound by the limitation of the place where you're in. Amen? No wonder when Jesus told Peter, Peter, come. Peter was in a boat, you know. Come on, lad, the boat is a storm. It's a storm for more, probably more than five to six hours. And then this, Peter saw Jesus walking on the water and they saw the ghost, but then they got their, their, their mind and their thoughts all clear. And, and, and Peter said, Lord, if it is you, let me come. Come? Are you crazy? The safest place is the boat, lah. Hey, no. Do I, do I need, is there anybody here in this room can dispute with me that in the middle of the storm, the safest place is the boat? Anybody say no? Oh, very quiet, Lord. Very compliant, very obedient crowd. Because none of you will say no. That, the boat. But why did Jesus ask him to come out of the boat? Because the boat is not the source. Jesus is the source. In the middle of the storm, he takes their eyes away from the most safest thing. Some of you are holding on to dear life. This is the safest thing. Maybe yeah, God is telling you, let go. Like blind Bartimaeus holding the cloak. When Jesus called him, he hasn't even been healed. He threw his cloak away. Why the cloak? The cloak is only security to bring money for him. He threw it away because why? It's not the cloak. It's the one who's calling. Then what happened was, Jesus pulled Peter out because he, 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 he lost his faith. Then Jesus walked in the middle of the storm, stepped inside the boat. Remember, he stepped inside the boat. The 11, 11 guys are still inside the boat. And the storm come down. It's not, the, it's not the water, it's not the boat, it's where Jesus is, where you will save us. God is more glorified in the fire than outside the fire. Oh, come on, give Him praise, somebody. He's more glorified. Final point, final one. Now I'm going to pray with you. Now listen, there is this picture. Jesus in the Jordan River being baptized. Jesus in Mount Theologians, have some dispute which mountain he was in. Many theologians believe he was in Mount Hermon, which is about 10,000 feet above sea level. If you Google, you will find the lowest point on planet Earth. You Google, it will show you it's the Jordan Valley, where the river flowed, where he was baptized. What did he hear? Listen carefully. What did Jesus 
heard when he was being baptized. At the lowest point on the earth, he heard this. This is my beloved son. I like him. Well, please, I like him. No miracle. He hasn't done any multiplying food. He hasn't multiplied fish. He hasn't healed the blind. He hasn't raised the dead. No ministry. And the father said, I love you. Why? Eh? The next point was, he was up on the mountain, Mount uh, Hermon, most probably. The, his clothes became white. And the disciples talking to him, and Jesus said, you know, they talk about building tents and all that. Suddenly, a voice came from heaven. The father spoke again at the highest point. My beloved son, I'm well pleased. Lowest point, highest point. What did he hear? Same. Same. I love you. How many of you are in the lowest point in your life? Hey, listen. It's easy to connect to God when you're in the highest point, you know. All is well, what? But when you're in the lowest point, God wants you to know. If you're there or here, my ability to minister to you can never be hindered, can never be truncated by your circumstances because I'm greater than your location. I'm greater than the highest, greater than the lowest. Some of you in the lowest point, some of your children, they perform so bad in the school. They're not doing well. What do you do? Do you tell them, you know what? No, hopeless, no. You keep loving them because you know what? They will learn. They will learn this, that I'm blessed. Oh, I'm blessed in the country. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the valley. I'm blessed in the mountain. I'm loved. Hallelujah. So that when you run through your lowest valley, you will still believe the way I love my children. That's how. God loves me too. My son, uh, my son, I tell you, told you stories before. He chased away people from my church, even adults, because the adults bring children. The children is terrorized by my son. Father, senior pastor, son, terrorist. One day when I ask him, what do you want to become when you grow up, son? He say, you want to be pastor. I say, oh Lord, have mercy. He want to be pastor. I thought, what kind of a church will he build? He's 25 years old. And he's a pastor now. Only God can do it. At the lowest point, at the highest point, you can be blessed. You're blessed in the valley. You're blessed in the city. Somebody give Jesus praise today. Come on. Come on, somebody, give Him praise. Your God is working for you. It's not your position. It's not your location. Come on, it's your relationship with Jesus Christ. Stand to your feet with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Who is in this place? Hallelujah. And you feel like tonight, today, or this afternoon, God is speaking to you. There is something happening in your spirit. God wants to bring you to a place of breakthrough. And this Word is piercing you and telling you, don't change job. Don't think about moving. And God has spoken to your heart today. And you are going to make a bold stand that you may be in the lowest point. You may be in your chariot brook. You may be in your Bethlehem Ephrata. You may be in a prison, sir. You may be in a place of limitation and insignificance. But God said, I can bless you. Hallelujah. If you were encouraged by the message, share this podcast with a friend or family member and check out our previous episodes. Thanks for tuning in.